For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, chartered accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Seven oh eight on Montreal's News Talk Leader CJAD eight hundred. This is today's Entrepreneur, presented by Fuller Landau, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. Dan Delmar, along with Fuller Landau's Josh Miller. How's it going, Josh? Great, Dan. And tonight I'm very excited. We're going go karting. We are going go karting. We are taking whatever kilometers per hour we can taking it around the track for the next hour. Not literally, unfortunately. <laughs> Not literally. There's no space in the booth. Uh, we want to welcome Thomas Schuler tonight from Cartomania, founder of Cartomania. Thomas, welcome. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Now, tell us, tell the listeners today, what is, car- I mean, we know it's go-karting, but tell them kind of where it is, what is Cartomania today, uh, and then kind of take us back to day one or day minus one. <laughs> Cartomania today uh, is really... Uh, we're a full basic service indoor karting center from uh, all ages, uh, eight to 88, I guess we could say. Uh, we do everything from uh, basically what we call arrive and drive, which is the customer who just walks through the door, from birthday parties to corporate outings, bachelor parties, and we've really seen that it's something over the years to become as diverse as possible to appeal to every customer. 888, like have you had, you had people in their 80s driving cars? Absolutely. We've and what a, if you're 89? Well, if you're 89, <laughs> then uh, we'll make that exception. All the power to you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, now, take us back. When, where did this idea for Cardomania start? The idea came about in 94. Uh, I was on a business trip with my father. We were in Germany. My dad was out for uh, dinner with clients, and I was sitting back at the hotel and being in, in Europe, of course, there's there's lots of places to go and see, but I mean, I wanted to see something new and the concierge advised me saying, hey, there's a, a new thing that opened up in the town, indoor karting, do you wanna go and check it out, basically? I said, of course, I mean, I'm a, I'm a gearhead motorhead, of course, a motor, go fast, I wanna go and see it. So we went, I went and checked it out that night, basically spent the whole evening there burning rubber and flying around the track and I had a blast. And I mean, how can I say since then, it's a little bit of, history so to speak it's uh what what's been like montreal in 94 95 did it have go-karting tracks around the city back then they had nothing they had outdoor karting i remember as a child i mean i'm sure a lot of the listeners remember going to uh, places in st Faustin and up north where as a child growing up we went outdoor go-karting but indoors it was something completely new and when i saw it there i said my god we got to bring this to montreal this would be awesome i mean we we have snow for six months out of the year what are we going to do all winter i mean you can only ski so much so what were the first steps you came you had this idea you had it okay i gotta do this it's got to be out there i want to do it everybody's got to want to do it what are your first steps when you get back to montreal well when we when we got back here we looked into it to see first of all if it's if it's feasible if it can be done uh we, we did the research to try and get the adequate permits and everything it took a lot of time to get all the how can we say the paperwork in order, the permits, the so on and so forth. It, it was an ongoing process basically from about 95, we decided, uh, my father and I to say, hey, listen, let's, you know, green light, let's do this project, let's bring it to Montreal. And it took a good two and a half, three years to get all this together and to actually, you know, put the key in the door and open for business because it was new, nobody knew. We were talking to people and they said, well, what do you? What is your plan? Uh, we, they know outdoors, but indoors in a warehouse. My God! <laughs> now, now, three years from thought to actually opening the doors. Was this something you were doing full time? Did you did you give something up along the way? Well, along 
during those, those first few years, I had an internet business and I was actually in Ottawa. Uh, I was studying as well. So, I mean, I was juggling a lot of things where it, it was difficult to get the project off and going, so to speak. And, and in about at 96, I said, listen, I got to, you know, devote my, my full time to this because I really want to make it happen. I think, you know, it's, it's a great, uh, a great business, a great uh, sport and being a, a, a lover of motorsports and car racing and everything. I said, my God, it's just a continuation of my passion and what I kind of grew up around. So I really, really, it was a real goal to go after and make sure that it was going to happen. What was the biggest challenge in those first two or three years? What was, uh, I guess, as you're going through, and I don't know if you have the thought process of, you know what, geez, really taking a long time. Maybe I should stop or not. I mean, how did you get over and what was the biggest challenge? The, the biggest challenges at the beginning were really, I mean, if I could use the term as saying educating people on what it really was because people didn't know what it was at first. They're, what do you mean you want to run go-karts in a warehouse and build a racetrack indoors? I mean, people didn't understand. In, in Europe, people knew it because it was it, the business had been around for a few years in Europe, whereas in Montreal, you try to explain that to somebody and say, listen, I need X document to open an indoor karting track. Well, we don't we don't know what that is how are we going to issue you a permit for example if we don't even know what it is so you had to educate people and explain to them exactly what the plan was and this is how it was going to run and it's a viable business and so on and so forth it was it was difficult though it took it took quite a bit of time to for people to have a little bit open-minded and bring it uh, bring bring the business to life so to speak now, how bureaucratic was the process of getting that permit? Did you did you kind of learn which hoops to jump through with the city along the way? Well, with the city was just presenting the project to them and saying, listen, this is what we want to do. This is, you know, we feel, I mean, from our experiences in Europe and seeing the tracks in Europe and seeing how they operate and spending a little bit of time in Europe myself to, to learn the business and see. I mean, I was going into something new too, as much as I loved car racing and everything surrounding cars and speed, but... I had to learn the business first and foremost too, how to to deal with every aspect of it. I mean, it was it was a it was an ongoing learning process throughout all those years before we even put the key in the door to say, hey, we're open for business. Come to Cardomania. <laughs> it's it's Dan. It's another case of perseverance. An entrepreneur that has a passion in his head and says, I'm getting there. Doesn't matter what I have to do, how long it takes. I'm getting there. And next, we're gonna listen and hear a little bit about. The support, you know, working with dad as partner, looking up to him, and then kind of getting that dream off the ground. Thomas Schuler is our guest from Cardomania. This is today's entrepreneur on CJAD. It's 7.15 right now. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, chartered accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 719 on CJAD, today's entrepreneur, inspiring stories from outstanding business people, Dan Delmar, along with Josh Miller of Fuller Landau, and our guest this evening from Cartomania, Thomas Schuler. It sounds like a really fun business, but it is a family business. So when you first got into business with your dad, uh, were there some rough patches, or are you guys usually on the same page? Most of the time we were on the same page. Uh, needless to say, I mean, our parents being older and, and, and having a little bit of the old school mentality, if I could say, and myself being younger and seeing, you know, what the younger clientele, I mean, need, our business is, is mostly younger people. So you, you want to go with what they want and their ideas. And uh, with my father together, I mean, I guess maybe one advantage that I had is I had two outlooks at every situation. You had the younger one myself and my father's outlook. So at least we could compare as much as possible and, 
and and resolve the problem as efficiently as possible using two you know basically two different outlooks and were, were you ever deadlocked i mean uh, did someone have to come in and mediate a few times one? yeah few times Who's the media, right? <laughs> <laughs> but but you were you were looking forward to going into business and being partners with your dad at the beginning like oh. was he a mentor to you when you were growing up 100 percent. i mean my my father i mean as a child growing up he he had his own businesses he was an entrepreneur and i saw that as a child growing up and it was definitely something for myself uh, that i looked forward to as getting older that i definitely wanted to do i i basically didn't want to have to answer to a boss and and being one uh, the way I was raised European, for example, I guess I could say that, you know, we learned to go after our goals regardless. Any obstacle in front of you, it's go, go, go and, and really achieve what you set out for. It's very important. Now, are you, you're not, are you partners with your father today that, or that, no, that relationship changed along the years? That relationship changed in 2000, 2000, the end of 2000, it changed. And did it change for a particular reason or was it just a... Well, basically, you know, it was, you know, time to, to fly, so to speak, in the sense of, you know, now is, you know, the I guess maybe my son's ready to go and let him go for it and, you know, pedal to the metal and succeed, go for it now. Uh, you know, my dad was, you know, no longer around and go for it, you know, make the best of it. So you're running this business on your own, uh, I guess in your mid-20s, without, without, the older generation next to you, mm -hmm. do people still take you seriously? Do your suppliers, your customers, did they really treat you with enough respect that you that you were comfortable with? Well, at the, even at the beginning, for example, it was very difficult because it, it was a new business. People didn't, you know, you, you talk to a supplier. First of all, suppliers were few and far between because it was a new business. So I basically, some businesses today, the suppliers come to you, they're knocking on your door. I mean, for me, I had to go and find them. I mean, we're back in those years who sold go-kart tires in quebec how did you gain that respect over the years people i mean i i would imagine it's like that in any business the longer you are in business the more serious people take you and then they see that you're professional at what you're doing and you're serious at what you're doing i mean regardless of somebody's age if somebody's been in business for 10 years you're going to take them seriously because it's it's just the progression in life i guess i mean today people i mean we we thrive at doing the best we can and giving the best service to, to people. Was there anything that you wanted to do when you were in business with, with your dad, with that older generation, that you, you couldn't and that you probably did after when the business was yours alone? Well, the advantage of, of uh, how can I say, being in business alone is the sense of whatever came to my mind, I applied instantaneously in the sense of I, ne I didn't have to negotiate or sit there and say, you know, listen, I think this is what we should do and let's talk about it. Now it's, I, I react right away and say, listen, I'm going to do it like this and tomorrow morning it's going to be like that. It's that simple. I mean, you know, that's, that's the easiest. It's fortunate to be, you know, one boss, so to speak. <laughs> Thomas Schuler is our guest from Cardomania. This is Today's Entrepreneur on CJD. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Welcome back to today's entrepreneur. Our guest is Thomas Schuler of Cardomania. And uh, Thomas, do you have a lot of competition? Because it's, it's a very particular business. Today we have one or, or two competitors uh, in Montreal. Uh, when we started, we didn't have many at the start and then kind of it went through a little bit of a boom, the business we could say, where at one point, 
I believe it was 90 or 2000, 99, 2000, 2001. At one point in Montreal, there was 12 tracks, 12 indoor go-karting tracks. I mean, and it was a, it was a tough business back then, but I mean, it's like in any business, the, the strong survive in the sense of being, you know, controlling every aspect of your business and being wise with your decisions and keeping you healthy throughout the years. I mean, and today it's, you know, we're, we're, we're down to two. And and why does a strong survive? Has the industry changed at all, or was it just you adapting, or you just, you know, marketing or monitoring your competition better? Partially uh, monitoring the competition and seeing what they're doing, and and as as much as all possible, staying one step ahead of them and offering always something a little different, or, or, or offering something special to your customers, and you know, listening to your customers what they want and why would they come to you and not go somewhere else, and you know, use that to your the, to your advantage to, to measure your business. I mean, that's that's a very important way to, to, to stay ahead of them. I mean, that's something that we, we take pride about over the years is staying ahead of our competitors. You originally mentioned that the idea came from a trip when you were in Germany. So do you, I presume, or, or I'll ask you the question, do you look at the competition and the industry just in Montreal or do you travel around and see what other go-kart tracks, whether indoor or outdoor, do uh, kind of throughout the nation or throughout the world even? Well, I think it's important to, to measure your business worldwide uh, be, to, to see what's out there and to see what competitors are doing, regardless if it's in, in Quebec, Canada, U.S. I mean, in, in the U.S., there's tremendous outfits in the United States where, I mean, you can only imagine the amount of money they've invested in these places that, that really, you know, for, for somebody like myself, uh, is to my advantage to go and see them and, and see what they're doing to be successful in, in big U.S. cities. I mean, if it's Philadelphia, uh, Miami, Fort Lauderdale, New York City now, I mean, it's incredible to see what's happening down there. I mean, up until five years ago, these U.S. cities never had indoor karting tracks. They didn't know what it was. And to see what they're doing, and it really helps me to stay ahead of them. I mean, that's to stay ahead of all my com- competition. What, what's been the most, what would you call the most important thing or item or strategy that you've learned from visiting all these tracks? From visiting all, a, a lot of tracks and, and seeing my co- competition is really the, the the safety issue. I mean, let's be honest, it's, it's racing, it's motorsports. I mean, but you want to give your customers the safest and most enjoyable experience. Uh, if they're happy and they had fun, they're going to come back. So for us over the years, the biggest thing biggest things that I've learned is is, is really to evolve in the safety issue of, of the, the carts. It's important to to be inspired by your competitors, not to copy them necessarily, right, John? No, it's and just to monitor what's out there because you you do want to learn from them. I mean, business and being an entrepreneur is constantly learning, constantly applying your ideas, or or even getting inspiration from anywhere, whether it's competition or not. And safety, as we know, in go karting business or any track business, is certainly uh, number one on the list, and something that uh, Thomas, I'm sure, is a, as an entrepreneur from day one was very, very serious about and is very serious about. And I'd like to hear more, a little bit more about that uh, coming up. Thomas Schuler is our guest from Cardomania on today's Entrepreneur, 514-790-0991, and Star Talk, Star 8255 on Apple Mobility. It's 7.30 on CJD. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 7.34 on CJAD, Today's Entrepreneur, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. Dan Delamar, along with Fuller Landau's Josh Miller, and our guest this evening, Thomas Schuler of Cardomania, which sounds like 
uh, the most fun you can have at a business. Uh, but there's some serious issues that you have to address, right? I mean, safety is one of them. How have you how have you evolved over the years in terms of safety? Well, uh, the the safety issue for us is extremely important for our customers, everybody who comes in through the door. Over the years, our biggest uh, developments, I would say, is is even in, in, in cart safety, working together with uh, with our cart supplier uh, out of Switzerland, where we've worked, I've personally worked closely with them to help them develop the car to make it safer, uh, withstand the impacts. I mean, we're 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 indoors. There's we're not an outdoor track where, God forbid, you miss the corner, you're just going to go cut somebody's grass. But us, unfortunately, there's the Mr. Goodyear waiting for you, as we say. So mm-hmm. therefore, we've really worked on the aspect of if it's the carts the barrier, the restraining system around the track uh, to really, you know, if if there is an impact with the wall, that it's as minimal as possible and that the customer, you know, how can we say walks away always, uh, you know, scot-free. It's very, very important for us, the safety aspect of it. Is this something that you've learned along the way, how to deal with the specifics of safety and and do your your team, do your employees kind of get the tricks of the trade or have to go to a specific schooling to learn and make sure that it's that everything is safe like how do you deal with it internally well for us to 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 look at the safety aspects of the of the business i mean being fortunate enough to have traveled around a little bit to have seen other facilities uh, i can take the good and the bad from those facilities bring it to cartomania and really exploit what i like what i see what's safer I mean, and, and, and work together with, with, with my team to sit there and relay the, you know, the information to our customers when they come in that, you know, the, the do's and don'ts, basically. I mean, before anybody gets in a car to Cardomania anyways, we, we, we sit them down. There's the rules. There's a, they watch a little three-minute video on the do's and don'ts of the sport, too. It's just not a question where the customer walks in, he pays and, you know, jump in the cart and go. No, we really go over the whole aspect of safety with them so that they understand the, the bumping and so on because it's, it's really not bumper carts what we're doing it's quite serious so bachelor party you walk in you kind of smell alcohol in people's breath you got to deal with it that's a serious situation well unfortunately so and there are people who tried to to push their luck so to speak where you know listen uh, i'm gonna have a few beers and go go-karting well you can have a few beers you're just not driving the go-kart you can watch from your watch your buddies from the window i mean it's it's a it's our company policy anyways as soon as we smell a customer or if he, if he has alcohol on his breath that uh, it's game over go back in the metro and go back downtown my friend <laughs> now we know safety is number one but you got to bring people to the to your place you got to bring people to the track you got to let them know it's out there there have been your your competitors that have come and gone you stayed out there let's talk marketing in your business what have you done? What was the, the kind of the first days of marketing and how has it evolved or changed or what have you learned from it as you've gone through the years? The, the, the biggest thing for, for, for us was uh, understanding our market, understanding the different age groups and, and really adapting over the years that like, for example, when we started, we didn't run kids. So now we, we have kids, birthday parties, so on and so forth. So that's a, a very important market for us to go after. Uh, the, the whole aspect of marketing Cardomania and, and getting it out there to the masses was really uh, internet is, is phenomenal to use your website. I mean, it's a, such a powerful tool in the past few years for any company or in the past 10 years, so to speak, for any company. I mean, that was very important from us from day one to have a website and have a web presence uh, to really get our, our message out there to people. And if it was advertising on the radio, 
newspapers, uh, even a little bit of TV spots and, and being out there, especially, I mean, we're, we're so lucky in Montreal to have a Formula One race. So to be involved a little bit with Formula One too, to, to get your, your, your product out there and show people what you do and come and have fun. After a Formula One race or around that season, do you see a boost in business because people have a flavor for a 100%. Yeah. I mean, the, the Formula One for us is, is when we lost it that one year, I mean, I was shell-shocked. I couldn't believe it. And being so closely involved, I mean, we're fortunate enough to even have Formula One drivers come to our facility during Formula One. We've been lucky over the years. Uh, it's been, uh, for us, that's the week I look forward to throughout the whole year. I mean, we get to meet a lot of interesting people. If it's drivers to mechanics to to people involved with Formula One, they, they love to, to cart too. I mean, that's where it all starts. It's the foundation of racing. I mean... Have you ever have you ever tried any marketing techniques that you said you know you tried it doesn't work and you know what I'm just going to stick with something else? Over the years, there hasn't been too many situations. We haven't been faced with too many situations like that. I mean, uh, sometimes trade shows. That's one aspect of it where we're a little bit. We've tried them. We've tried numerous different ones and for your investment that you have to be to set up your booth and your time and your staff and 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 the return you're going to get is a little you know we we're, we're not a big trade show uh, i don't truly believe in it as i can say so you concentrate on the internet is that i mean you actively keep your website uh, going and movement and track it i mean it, there's a science to it a little mm -hmm. bit isn't there well, there's definitely, a, I, I'm, I'm more of a hands-on scientist, but we're, we're lucky to have people in-house who, who are going to monitor our website, see where people are coming from, where they're visiting us, and, and really monitor the internet. I mean, it's, it's uh, entrepreneurs today really have to realize how important of a tool that is for your company, and it's a very, very important tool to get your message across. And what about social networks? Twitter, Facebook, is that something you've entertained yet? Yeah, we're we're we have our Facebook page and we're we I'm slowly trying to get into it, but I'm not a, a, a tweeter or however we can <laughs> say. I, I try my best to You're not to a keep, twit, I know. Yeah, I'm not a I, I've I'm trying to and it's something I mean it's definitely important. I mean these are all ways to get your message across and, and what better way than you know, especially coming from from myself talking, you know, Facebook and all these other. I mean, it's very very powerful tools. Now it's great to talk about the internet and trying to reach out electronically to people, but you are in a, a people business. It's very personal. Uh, you have one location. You haven't yet expanded. Uh, you have you have this team of people and these employees that you work with. Tell us a little bit about your human resource experience and and your kind of style of management and how you deal with them. I mean, for, for any entrepreneur, especially myself, I mean, I can't do everything myself in the business. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm very fortunate to have a great team. And, and, and how can I say, guys that have been with me for 10 years, I mean, it's, in, it's almost unheard of in this business that you, you have an employee. I mean, even today to sit there and say you've been with a, a company, any company for, for over 10, 15 years. I mean, my God, it's important for me to really treat my team uh even on an even footing with myself. I've never put myself above them or ahead of them in any way, shape or form. I really want them to feel together that we work together. That's a very, very important aspect of the business and, and keeping your staff and keeping them happy and motivated. And, you know, we're in this together, you know, we're, we're on this boat together. So we gotta, we gotta sail the ship. <laughs> and is everybody on the same page? Do you make sure everybody's on the same page from a safety standpoint, from a customer service standpoint? And how do you do that? As much as we try to say that everybody's on the same page, I mean, I make sure they read page two, 
it's very important i mean as as the as the the captain of the ship so to speak you got to make sure that everybody's on the same page as you at all times especially when it comes to safety issues so on it's it's very very important we take it very seriously is it tough in, in that kind of business to keep the employees focused and not just uh you know having fun having a good time i want them to have a good time but i want them to work first and i'm a firm believer in that you know the the harder you work the harder you can play and it's that's the message that I relay along to, to the guys that listen, hey, if you you want to have a race at the end of the night, go for it, guys. Have fun, but let's work hard. Let's work as a team. Let's get to our goals that we set our, set out for us, and then let's have fun after. I mean, uh, work and then play. Very important. <laughs> Are you able to delegate? It's a very For me, that has been very difficult over the years, is to really sit there and say, hey, listen, I, I can't handle all of this, but... You know, I mean, I need you to do this for me. Can you handle it? And it's something over the years that I've had to learn to accept to delegate different uh, different uh, tasks at hand because I just couldn't handle them always. I mean, I'm, I'm lucky that to have such a great team with me together to really make it all happen and to work together as a team. I mean, without them, I mean, I can, I can roll the boat, but I can't sail the ship. Uh, you know, delegation is a really, really big word when you're dealing and talking with entrepreneurs. And it's got to be one of the hardest tasks, one of the hardest abilities for an entrepreneur to really embrace. Because if, you're go if they're going to grow, you need to delegate. You can't always do everything yourself. There are only certain, so many hours in the day. So delegation, and, and I hear Thomas's pain a little bit, it's not always the easiest thing to do. But the reality is, if you want to grow your business and you want to, you want to, you have the ambition and you have the people to do it, then delegation is the way that you can really get your entrepreneurial spirit uh, kind of cooking, uh, and that's that's probably one of the hardest lessons. Uh, and, and thank you, Thomas, for sharing all the stories. Uh, I'm looking forward to your one bit of advice uh, for today's entrepreneur that'll that'll come up a little later. 7.45 almost on CJAD, our guest on today's entrepreneur, Thomas Schuler of Cardomania. And in a second, we'll bring on Nick Amoretis, tax partner at Fuller Landau, to address some tax issues. But first, a traffic break. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, chartered accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Our guest this evening on today's entrepreneur, Thomas Schuler of Cardomania, and we also bring into the conversation tax partner at Fuller Landau, Nick Moretus. Welcome back, Nick. Hi, guys. So uh, when, you, when you're dealing with, with businesses, especially cash businesses, not uncommon for the government just to come to your door and, and look for irregularities. Uh, maybe you can give Thomas some advice uh, if the government does come knocking. Well, this is uh, something that keeps me occupied uh, for many hours during the day is the increasing uh, government audits. And, and this is a time when, you're, when uh, our corporate clients and business owners who have usually December year-ends are working on their corporate tax returns in addition to their personal and you're deducting. Uh, Thomas, just for the, an example, you mentioned you, you, you have to travel outside of Canada to see what, what's happening in, with carts around the world and, and, and the courses, etc. Um, that is usually a, a first... Oh, let's look at that. Where did you go? Why did you go? How, how, what did you do? What mm -hmm. business did it bring back? And that's something that the governments tend to look at because they're kind of figuring that you may be enjoying yourself there as well and why are we writing it off as a, as a, a business expense. So that seems to be a topic that's popped up in a lot of corporate audits over time is, is traveling outside of Canada. Why? And, um, and is it just a question of justifying it? I mean, what, you, know, you just have to have the right 
proof that you weren't over there just having a good time? Absolutely. Um, uh, there was one, uh, I remember one client who had to go to an air show in Paris. And um, he was being questioned very seriously until he took out the invitation from one of the um, sponsors of Ministel uh, from the government of Quebec asking him to please go to the air show because it, uh, it was part of uh, an, an event. And that's when it was backed off. But going to Paris uh, in the middle of uh, a nice time, uh, there's, a, there's an automatic uh, suspicion. Other type of stuff that we're seeing constantly is, um, and unfortunately this happens a lot, is unsubstantiated expenses. Um, you you paid for something, you lost the invoice. The government has a right to deny you that mm -hmm. deduction and force you to pay tax on that. And and this has happened quite a few times, especially when you're moving and you've lost your bo boxes, etc. Now, um, now, what if what if you know I don't I don't have any cash. I pay everything debit card or credit card. I never keep the actual receipt. But you know what? There's a record of it somewhere. Yes, but that's not enough. It's not telling you first of all the detail of what uh, what was purchased. It's not telling you um, exactly where. Because sometimes the the name that appears on your statement isn't exactly the where you went to. Uh, it's not telling you the GST and the QST that's on it. And and it's not first level evidence that uh, the government can accept. And they won't accept. So uh, working off of visa bills or your your bank statements is not enough. You got to keep those bills. Uh, other stuff that we're seeing uh, that they question quite a few times uh, is salaries to family members. Um, and it's always we've brought it up I think on a couple of times over the sh over the over the while. Um, it's a question of it. Never mind them not being there, which is not good. But if they are there working, it's a question of it being reasonable to what you would pay to somebody else. Um, other things that we were so spotting. Saying, I'm sorry, Nick. Yes. So you're saying I, I'm cutting you off. I'm being very rude. Forgive me. Well, you have change. a family member. <laughs> in, uh, we have a family member. So you're saying there has there has to be a justification for them to actually do something in the business. Th there has to be something. That, um, it's it's really a question of what are the tasks that the family member has versus what they're getting paid. Uh, and and that's where the the issues start coming in, uh, especially you know, Thomas. You mentioned your boys may or your kids may be coming into the business as well one day. Except your um, when you started, when your dad brought uh, brought you in, if he all of a sudden started, you know, got got you there, and, and you just uh, you were you're, I don't know what it is that you were doing, but you were doing what you would normally pay someone, say twenty thirty thousand, and you're collecting a hundred thousand dollars salary. There, that's an issue. That's a problem. Mm -hmm. The government is rightfully will 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 deny that mm -hmm. that deduction. Um, the other thing then we tend to see a lot, um, and, and this is uh, something we spot, especially in businesses where uh, the personal relationship is very important, is meals and entertainment expense. Uh, meals and entertainment expense uh, uh, for a business owner is only 50% deductible in the best of case. Uh, but what we tend to see uh, with government auditors is they don't tend to care to see expenses on the weekends. Or, or usually late at night, especially if it's late Friday. And there's a connotation that I guess you cannot be doing business with a client or a supplier, for that matter, on the weekend or late at night. So it's something that just doesn't work for them, and they systematically tend to deny that. However, if you're in retail and you operate on the weekends and well, Thomas is open, then, exactly. hey, there's, there's a, a reality. Abs absolutely, but there's something that we keep running across all the time. Um, other stuff that um, uh, comes up is, um, and this is not only in the corporate environment, but even in the personal environment, is any transactions with family members. Uh, what uh, I know with the Quebec government, especially uh, reviewing uh, real estate records where um, uh, mom and dad transfer uh, a property that they own that isn't their home to uh, a child for uh, nominal consideration or for a dollar. 
And then next thing we know is mom and dad are being assessed and uh, the child as well. So that's something you have to be very careful because transactions between family, unfortunately, have to go by law at the value of the, of the property. Today's entrepreneur, our guests this evening, Thomas Schuler of Cardomania and Nick Moretis, tax partner at Fuller Landau. This is Dollars and Cents on Montreal's News Talk Leader, CJAD 800. It's actually not dollars and cents. Today's entrepreneur presented by Fuller Landau. Uh, inspiring stories from outstanding business people. Our guest this evening, Thomas Schuler from Cardomania and Nick Moretis, tax partner at Fuller Landau. And we're talking about some of the dilemmas that Thomas uh, could have to face at Cardomania, Nick, including uh, keeping immaculate records if, he, if he's writing stuff off. Uh, what advice would you give to Thomas on that? Well, there's, there's two things to always remember. One, uh, the government has the right to go back and, and reassess what you've done uh, three years after they first looked at your tax return. So if you are a, have a December year-end and say you issue it today and you figure you get an assessment in two to three months from now, well, they have three years from that date to come back. And unfortunately, if they find that you're not reporting income, whether it's a business or an individual self, uh, self-employed, or you're playing around with the books a bit too much, they can go back as far as they want. Which therefore leads to my last point is record keeping. Um, uh, the, the minimum by law is the current year plus six prior years that you've got to keep everything. Um, unfortunately, what you've got to also, also remember, and there's a little known rule, is that if you uh, had a, an invoice for something that you bought a long time ago, let's say a cart that you have to keep on and, one, and amortize and depreciate, and you bought it 10 years ago, that invoice uh, will stay with you until the day you get rid of that cart plus six years. So, because uh, the government will want to say, well, show me this cart that you bought 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. So, then that's it. So, uh, so, basically, Nick, a little diligence goes a long way. Yes. Thomas, thank you so much for being here. Tell us, what one piece of advice would you give to today's entrepreneur? Well, definitely, I think the, the biggest piece of advice I can give is, is don't ever give up. Always go for your goal. Set your goal. And, and, and go for it at all times. A little expression is pedal to the metal all the time. Very important. And I think, uh, you know, with those words said, uh, certainly the quick takeaway I can, I can gather from, from Thomas and his story is perseverance, don't give up, do what you love, but also learn to delegate. Learn to delegate <laughs> because that will certainly help take you another distance. Thanks very much, guys. Great show. Thank you very much, Josh Miller. And uh, don't forget, you can reach Fuller Landau during business hours at 514-875-2865 or their website, www.flmontreal.com. Thanks again, Thomas Schuler and Nick Moretis from Fuller Landau. And uh, don't forget, Delmart Night is next on CJAD.